Okay, hello and welcome to an episode of Time Talks. We're Anna and Claire from labourandlovelondon.com. We are work-life organisers who help you do more with the time you have, learn how to quit wasting time and make the most of your day every day. Now, in this episode, we welcome James Priest, who's a UK's top celebrity dating coach and relationship expert, guided guiding sorry single men and women towards the dream partner. Ooh. Ooh. We're very excited for this, I have to <laughs> say um we wanted to explore the theme of relationships basically in yeah. february and what best way to do it then with a relationship expert why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into this <laughs> okay well i'll give you the short version of my backstory here i can talk about it for hours and hours and hours the extended version so i am a dating expert like you said i've been doing this for 18 years I work with single professionals to get them into relationships and then stay in them because that's that's part of the fun, isn't it, as well? And I work with a wide variety of different dating agencies, dating apps, dating brands all over the world and regularly appear in the media. So I have the most fun job in the world. I get to find people love and who wants anything else? Love is the most important thing that we can all have to make us happy and to fill our needs. Hence the name of your podcast, of course. 18 years ago, I used to be an actor and I loved acting. I was doing a lot of dating at the time. Great thing to do, doing online dating. And I absolutely love doing this. And I managed to gate crash a big singles party in London called Chemistry. They have thousands of single people there. One of my friends was there working, being paid to work there. I sneaked in the back door, put on the t-shirt, and I pretended that I was one of the hosts as a great way to meet women. Why not? <laughs> and it was great. So I was walking around mingling with celebrities. They had celebrity dating corner at that point. And this is how I first started. And I was talking to them, people out of Blue, people out of Tommy Kitten back in the day. And I absolutely loved doing this. After that point, I went to all the other singles companies in London to I'm amazing at this. All my skills are very, very transferable. Confidence, body language, flirting. Can I have a job? And they all use me as, as the dating coach and also as the event organiser later on. So I love doing this. But before long, I met my wife. And I wasn't allowed to go on any more dates and do that ever again, which is a bit of a shame. But people started paying me to teach them all the things that I knew myself. And it grew from there a long, long time ago. And here I am all these years later, feeling just as enthusiastic as I did when I first started. Wow. Oh, James, I love That's that incredible story. story. That is amazing. And you're right. I think, you know, love is just, it's the, the glue that holds life together, isn't it? And I think yeah. when you've got it, the biggest problems in life can, they can, you can, you know, you've got a wingman next to you and you're going to be okay. And when, when you don't, or when you're feeling that you're lacking it, it does make life that little bit harder to navigate. Yeah. And actually it's a big thing that comes up with our clients all the time that you know we'll do a we'll do a you know a zoom call with them and do a a client consultation to see what is it that's going on is it career is it is it you know are they wanting to develop themselves in some way is it a health you know well-being issue a big one that always comes up is that you know if they even if they have a partner or don't have a partner they don't have time for intimacy Mm -hmm. And they and they miss it. And I think intimacy is something that definitely when you're in a relationship, it kind of gets put to the back of the queue. It's Mm -hmm. when you and if you have time for it. We actually asked a whole group of our friends once. um, WhatsApp group. Yeah, we had a little WhatsApp group. Basically said, what's the one thing that you feel you lack time for? And the biggest answer was intimacy and we couldn't believe it because a lot of our friends they've been with their partners for 
for ages, you know, for decades even. So how do you make time for intimacy? That will be our first question. That's a great question. Now, there are different levels of intimacy, of course. Everything Mm -hmm. from holding hands to a hug to kissing to full-blown nights away, (laughs) whatever you want to do. (laughs) And different levels of this come up. When you've been with someone for quite some time, you fall into a pattern of behaviour and maybe a routine. And then a lot of people get tired because of their work or they have children. And when this comes along, it can completely throw things because your priorities are elsewhere rather than your partner. So making time for it is very, very difficult, but also extremely important. Because if you don't make time for this and you don't allow yourself this sort of space, then you're not going to bond. You're not going to feel connected. So it's really important that you do make time for this. And if it's not happening at all, then do what you can. If your kids are out, do it during the day, sit on the sofa, go to the cinema, hold hands, be the romantic couple that you were back at the start of this. Otherwise, you end up taking each other for granted and then you get annoyed and it causes arguments. So if you're not doing anything, then build up from it. Think of it as a ladder. You're at the bottom of the ladder, nothing's happening. You want to go slowly towards the top of the ladder so it becomes normal again. It becomes a bit of an issue. The longer you go without any intimacy, the harder it is to get back, whether you're single or not. If you're single, you're really craving this intimacy. You can lead to bad choices and it can lead to just maybe doing anything that you want to do at that time. And there's nothing really wrong with that. But if you are lacking it in a relationship, then you have to question what's gone wrong. And it's only temporary. You can easily fix it with a conversation and booking something in and and changing your routine up as well. Don't go to the same places. Just do something new. Excellent. I like that. Yeah. I I was just thinking of my parents because they've been married 55 years, I think. Wow. Oh, God, they're so cute together. And that's one of the reasons why. And all my friends always say they're so cute because they hug and kiss each other a lot and they always have done. So to the point they would never cross a room without giving each other a peck on the, you know, oh. actually on the lips. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and they- a peck hug. on the ear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but they, they hug a lot. You know, morning hug, nighttime hug. If any, of, if they're leaving the house, a hug. like they are very, and it's just so simple, isn't it? A so kiss and cute. a hug. So it cute. is, but we forget to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You take it, you're used to your routine and not doing it. And you think, well, they're there. They know I like them. But <laughs> when we have, when we have hugs, it increases all the wonderful chemicals in our brain. We okay. feel absolutely content and we feel oxytocin, all these things, wonderful things come. And we need that in our lives. And people will accept and receive love in different ways. I'm sure you know about love languages and different ways. And touch is a very, very common one that people seem to want, probably top of the list of all the love languages, I think. Because everyone needs to be feel that hug and feel that person likes them. And demonstrate that. And then just holding someone's hand, just reassuring them. Even just touch itself is important. A lot of people go on dates nowadays and they're scared to touch each other right at the start they'll go for the date and they'll do a handshake or do nothing at the very start and i said well that's a business meeting you yeah. don't there's nothing more than a turn off than just shaking someone's hand on a first date nice to meet you i don't find you attractive keep away from me i always recommend like a light hug and a little kiss on the air kiss on the cheek just to show it is a date and then you start things off from there All right so that leads on to our next question mm. so that's how do you start again after like maybe a long-term relationship or you know a relationship where you've given your all and it's broken down how do you actually start again great question and something that happens all the time a lot of my clients have had that situation they're divorced or even widowed and they're not sure what to do and how to start again and the initial reaction is go on the dating apps and that's what everyone tells them to do and that's going to be wonderful but then they can get overwhelmed they can get 
confused and not sure what to do. So my advice is, first of all, be sure that the time is ready. That you're ready for this now and you're right for this, because if you're not ready, then how are you going to be successful at doing this? You're doing it because you don't want to. So if there's any form of a grieving process, which happens if you separate with somebody, or it's still like a loss in some ways. So you need to make sure you're ready for this. Think about what you really want. What are the values of the person you're looking for? What are the, the life goals? What are the interests? Are you truly aligned? And then imagine how that would look if you are with somebody and how it would be with a new relationship. The next thing is don't judge new people by the people from the past. If you had a really bad relationship, someone's broken your heart or someone's disappointed you, it doesn't mean the next person's going to because every person's different and you can learn how to deal with that. There are no mistakes in life, no mistakes in dating. They're just adventures that we've had that have brought us to where we are now. So focus on the future and what you can do today rather than the past. And then start off small. There's no need to do anything particularly outrageous but if you want to go on the dating apps get a good profile good pictures good messages and make an effort with it go to all the events you can if someone invites you out go and do it tell your friends you know what i'm really i want to start again and see if they'll help you and just start slowly but do something take some sort of action and don't think well i've got to find somebody you don't have to find somebody if you do it'll be a bonus i think that's you know what the grieving process you just spoke about then that is key isn't it you know i've i've i got divorced a while ago. A while ago. <laughs> You've forgotten. <laughs> that's a good thing. You know what? Actually, that's probably that's the best really thing, thing I've ever said about it. But the first year is all doing all the firsts, isn't it? And you're so discombobulated. And it is. It. it I mean, it is. It is grief. It's It's like the, it was the death of a future you thought you were carving out with somebody. And it yeah. just hurt so much and uh, you know it there's no way you can date during that time and then the second year which was actually last year and um I started to really process kind of what had gone on what had happened I wasn't ready for dating I just wasn't last year but I kind of started to date myself and start to think about what would I want for that future And as part of during Christmas and New Year, that in-between time, I took the time to write out a list of values. Mm -hmm. And there you go. And and I already feel I know I'm I've noticed even in January, I've been out and about a lot more. I'm somebody that I love meeting people face to face. I make friends very easily. That sounds really arrogant. I don't mean it like that, but I just, I do, I just love people. I find them interesting. And I, I feel that energy has come back. And now I'm ready. But honestly, taking that time out to grieve is so valuable. You learn so much about yourself. And you most importantly, you forgive in that time as well. Yeah. You do have to forgive. It's an important part of the process. Just if you're not really sure what to do, write them a letter and don't send it. So I release you, I forgive you, I'm ready to move on. Burn that letter. And just deal with it. And I tell all my clients to do that. It's really, really useful. Get rid of all the mementos that you're looking at every single day, yeah. all the pictures, all the cushions you bought together, and just get rid of them all and start again. I but, took those boxes. <laughs> yeah, well done. Now is actually a really, really good time to be starting to date again. The start of a new year, right up to Valentine's Day, is dating season. Like everyone enjoys the gym. Everyone gets really, I'm going to make a resolution. I'm going to meet someone this year. Everyone's really motivated. So I am incredibly busy at the moment. I'm always incredibly busy this time of year. I've been busy throughout the year, but it's been particularly busy this year. So everyone's really excited to do this. And I think you have to know what you want first, like you said, and then you can aim towards that. And if you need some help along the way, get a coach and they will help you. So the next question, Claire. Oh, well, it's, I guess this is the thing. How do you navigate that next step beginning dating again? And is it 
different in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s? Is it an online thing for one decade, an in-person thing for another decade? Recommendations. What do you, yeah, what do you do? How do you roadmap this? Well, there's so many things you could be doing. Okay. I mentioned that dating apps are a very common thing to do, but also the most overwhelming, frustrating thing you can do because mm-hmm. most people get them completely wrong and don't know how to use them. The apps are not designed for you to meet somebody quickly. If they were, they wouldn't make a penny because you'd leave them and go off with your soulmate, wouldn't you? So they're not designed for that. They want to keep you paying all the time. Yeah. So there are definitely a tool that you can use if you know what you're doing, but there's mm-hmm. no guidelines. They don't tell you what to do on the app, really. They want to keep you on there. So what you need to do, different ages, when you're in your 20s, there is less pressure. It's easier to socialize. Maybe you've got more friends who are single. But when you get into your 30s, you start to feel the pressure. I want to have kids. I want to get married. All my friends are settled down. I'm the last one standing. Everyone puts the pressure on me. I go to a wedding. I'm on the singles table. What do I do? How do I do this? And then we go into the sort of 40s and above. Maybe you've had a relationship already. It hasn't really worked out. And you're ready. You think, well, I'm not really in a rush to find somebody, but I'll do what I can. And then you get to the 50s and 60s, even 70s, I have clients who think, you know what? I've worked really hard on my career. I'm ready to date again. And there's different things you can do. But the world has changed so much in the last three to five years. People are working from home. People don't really commute the same way. They're not meeting in offices like they used to. We're not socializing as much. It's all done virtually over the internet. So it's really hard to meet people. And not only that, but venues are more expensive to hire for events. The drinks prices are really expensive. People go out less than they used to. But I think do what you can. I think the apps are free. Start with the apps as a starting point. If you're younger, maybe you've got more friends you can socialize with and more likely to have people they can introduce you to. But if you are feeling the pressure and a little bit older, then I do recommend going maybe towards an agency route. When I say an agency, a high-end dating agency, there are lower-end ones as well. I work with 19 of them in the UK as their coach. What they do, they have a serious database of people who have paid a fee from anything from £500 up to £25,000, depending on what you're doing, and people can invest in this. And everyone's paid, therefore they're more serious about finding a partner, and it can work. Any age that you're in, I had a chat yesterday, 77, recently widowed, lives up in Scotland, and hopefully I've introduced him to a dating agency. He might have someone lovely for him mm-hmm. to go and work with him on his cattery, <laughs> which is a, a strange situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but agencies are not for everyone. They are, there is a quite a high cost for that, but it's a good cost because it, it shortcuts the whole process. But there are still singles events you can go to. There are social groups. Go to the gym, do all you can, but talk to people. No matter what your age, talk to people and communicate with them because people don't nowadays. Everyone's scared to go and talk to people. What if I talk to him? He's a bit of a nutter. I can't get rid of him. What's he trying to sell me? Everyone has barriers up all the time. At any age, they will sit in the coffee shop wishing that guys would approach them, but they're looking at their phones. They're on the train thinking, oh, that guy over there is really nice. Wish he'd come and say hello to me. And they're reading the Metro or they're in the gym with the headphones on. There's barriers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Take away the barriers. Make yourself as friendly, as open and warm as you can. Male or female and more people would approach you. But whatever you do, whatever your age, do something, get yourself out of the house where you're gonna meet people because you've got more chance of meeting people in real life than you do on these apps because there's no filters in real life. You can go onto an app and say, I want someone six foot two or blonde or brunette, whatever it might be. In real life, they're really nice. I'll go and say hello to them. You don't really know these things. So do a mixture of everything, no matter what the age is. But I think apps are more suited maybe for the under 50s Online dating sites are better between the ages of 40 and 60, and matchmakers are good for anyone 
30 upwards. Excellent advice. Excellent tips. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So when you do sort of find someone and you're in those early dating stages, mm-hmm. what is the best way to communicate your needs, I suppose, without sounding like, oh, yes, I want to be married in two years and I want a child and I want this. How do you yeah. communicate your actual life needs in, you know, the best way without scaring them off? <laughs> <laughs> well, initially, you will, on the first date, there's no pressure. Go out and meet someone, have a nice time. Don't talk about anything too serious because that's not the place for a first date. A first date is getting to know each other. Are we compatible? Do I find them attractive? They're a nice person. You don't need to know what their life history is, what jobs they've had for the last 20 years or what they've, how much money that their ex has taken them for. Don't need to know all these things. You need to go into it more fun as possible. When you get to a second date, then you can ask them some deeper questions like, what, are your, what do you see yourself doing in a few years' time? What are you passionate about? Are you close to your family? Questions like that will open them up. They might say, yeah, I'm really close to my family. I've got two little nieces, two little nephews. Oh, would you like to have kids yourself one day? It leads into that conversation rather than being too direct. But you haven't got time to waste. There's no point wasting time with someone that does not want the same things as you. So it is good if you're on an app to only filter people that want children. If you want to have children, at least you know quite early on, but don't come out with it in the first text message or the first conversation. It will scare people off. People do that. They can be needy. And also communicating needs. When you start to date someone, at the moment, you've got your own patterns of behavior, your own routines that you've got. And so do they. And you're going to come together and you're going to form new patterns, new behaviors, new memories linked together. So it's really easy to change things at the start. But once they're set in stone, once behaviors have started, it's impossible to change it. So randomly, I say to my clients, if you want someone to give you a phone call once a week, rather than endlessly texting, how was your day, checking in with you and things like that, let them know quite early on. If you just do it for three months, then the shame that's perfectly normal and that's what you want, and it'll become an argument. If you do it two weeks in, you know, I love getting your text, but really nice to hear your voice sometimes. Then they know they'll do it to impress you. They're still in the honeymoon phase and they'll do all that you want. So you communicate your needs quite early in that regard. Mm. Oh, this is such good advice. So, you know what? I guess it's, it's so straightforward when you say it, but we've lost mm connection haven't we I guess as we've become more and more online in the world we've Mm. lost those basic kind of communication um maybe we've lost connection with ourselves of what how we want our our needs to be I think we know with our women that we deal with on our coaching side of it people pleasing can be an issue Mm -hmm. and so they can be scared to communicate their needs because they're in people pleaser zone in order to secure the next date, maybe in the day after. And um, yeah. 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 That's not a good strategy moving forwards though, is it? Because you're, no, doing, you're always no, being afraid to be yourself. In terms of like maybe noting some red flags within yourself, if you know you are a people pleaser, what red flags should you look for in the other person that you're dating? There are so many things you can look for. And before I go into this, I tell people to look for the green flags rather than the red flags because be positive because you can't assume someone's like something. It's very easy to spot things that could be red flags and to self-sabotage and do all these things. So, but there are some very common things that are clearly red flags and keep in mind that men are a bit clueless. So this is a guy you're dealing with. They might always not do this intentionally. So it might just be an amber flag rather than a red flag. So things you can do if they're unavailable all the time, they're not responding to you. They're waiting two or three days to get back to you. They're not making you a priority. Now, initially, no one's a priority. But when you've been dating for a few weeks, a few months, if they're not getting back to you, that's disrespectful. That's definitely a red flag. No one is too busy, no matter what you say to yourself, to text you back. A text takes five seconds or we'll get back to you later. That's it. 
So if someone's treating you that way, another thing is controlling behavior. When someone starts to say to you, well, you shouldn't wear that on a date or you look better in this or why are you always late and trying to control what you do in the people that you see saying, oh, you see your family too much. Why, why do you always see them rather than me? That is not good. These are things mm-hmm. you should be aware of because your family and friends are always going to be a priority to you. This person mm-hmm. might only be around for a couple of months. So things like that. Then you need to think about boundaries as well. Are they respecting your boundaries? Are they trying to do things too quickly, should we say? Yeah. Men often are hunters. They'll go for what they want. They will try and accelerate things intimately rather than at the speed you, you want to. Say to them, I'm really enjoying getting to know you, but I'm not quite ready for that yet. Most guys will respect that. Women do this too, actually, funnily enough. If they're too pouncy and too touchy feeling and not comfortable with it, let them know. But that's a bit of a red flag sometimes if they don't listen to what you're saying. Yeah. They're not showing you the respect either. And of course, if they won't commit to you, if you'll be three months in and you haven't defined where you are, you're in a situationship, you might have a conversation with them saying, where are we going from here? You know, I'm really enjoying how things are going. I want to take it slowly. That's a red flag. They're not ever going to settle down, not ever going to commit to you. Mm-hmm. And even little things. I always tell people to speak on my telephone when they first meet somebody on a dating app. If they won't talk to you on the phone, why won't they do that? I had a, a client the other day in this situation. She met someone. He asked her out. She said, great, let's have a quick call. We can confirm it. I'm not giving you my number yet until we've met. Why wouldn't you give the number? What's your theory for that? Why wouldn't someone give a, Why wouldn't the guy give a female a number to feel safe? I just, oh, yeah, yeah God, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't trust them then. I would think that they're with somebody. For me, yeah. as yeah. a woman, I would say, so he's okay with her physically putting herself in a space that maybe he's designated. Maybe yeah. he picked the venue. Yeah. You know, I would be, uh, this sounds awful. For long criminal minds. Mate. I have gone into forensic <laughs> criminology. You know, like, she can't walk away from a drink. You know? <laughs> no, but I, I, I would, clearly he's not the person. Uh, he's there's a catfishing element isn't there but that mm-hmm. picture mm-hmm. and that yeah. voice yes. or that tone and, and the whole mm-hmm. construct is not actually going to be the person <gasps> and, and even if it is they are probably dating somebody else that's why they don't want you to call them up because they are oh, yeah. embarrassed to take that call that's what i think is the most likely situation here and it feels a bit groomy as well doesn't it like it's mm-hmm. it's getting you into their groove and getting you yeah. into as you say a situation where then you've suddenly invested your time mm-hmm. and how do you you then don't want to waste that time. I, it's, I'm only saying this because I know of a friend that got herself into this bit of a situation. <laughs> don't worry, she won't, she doesn't listen to podcasts. But her point was, but I've invested all this time now. I can't bear to have thought I've wasted that time. That goes on to sort of romance scams, which is a whole different podcast episode. Oh, People yeah. do, they go on the same route. They know they're probably being scammed for money, but they've invested so much time in this, they play along. They just enjoy the company rather than being on their own and being lonely. Mm. Many male and female clients across the world have done that, but I know. I tell them what's going on, point out to them this person's fake. They are scamming you for money. They're enjoying it. No one else is paying them the attention. No. So you have to rebuild their confidence at that stage, and it takes a while. But once you're ensnared in somebody, whether it's a catfish or someone that's scamming you, or someone that's not available emotionally, it's something that talks to relationship, it's very hard to get out of it, but you have to do it. Otherwise, you're just delaying your happiness. Yeah. So with that similar thread then, I suppose, conversation, how do you deal with toxic personalities when you come across them, whether it's initially when you the first few dates, you can see there's something not quite right and they're already behaving in a certain way. Mm-hmm. How what do you what do you do in those situations to make yourself feel safe as well? If you associate with someone that's toxic, then the only thing that's going to happen is it rubs off on you. You're mm-hmm. going to question yourself, question your confidence, question your self-worth and be unhappy. So even if it's a friend who's being toxic, 
cut this person out of your life quickly. No matter how many dates you've been on with somebody, if someone is toxic and you know they're toxic, everyone's telling you that, your gut's telling you that, your head and your heart, everything's telling you this, get rid of them. There is no need to hang on to them. Block them, remove them, set them free. But it's very easy to me to say that. But a lot of people feel connected to that person. Maybe you're in love with that person. And you think, well, do you know what? I'd rather be with someone that makes me unhappy than just be on my own again. And that's terrible. But you need the support for that. I think reach out to people, your friends and family, and anyone you can get to support you because you have to break free of it. It's an addiction, like anything, whether it's cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, you have to get away from it. But you're not going to do it straight away unless you've got a support circle to, to back you up. And I think I'm going to try and find a positive in all of this, a silver lining. If you have met someone who's toxic and you're finding it hard to break away, because as you just said, that it's a, I'd rather be with somebody than nobody. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity to go, what's lacking within me? What do I, there's nothing lacking within anybody, but what do I feel is lacking within? Because then you can go and work on some, I would say, self-worth issues. Possibly that's maybe why you could have met that person at the level that you've met that person and there must have been some sort of magnetizing force together your self-worth issues yeah kind of toxicity sometimes guy kind of does this doesn't it glues together so um I yeah I I do think getting help might be needed for that because it's a if you have got self-worth issues that needs to be explored through friends helping you and maybe even a little bit more than that maybe a little bit of professional help exploring mm-hmm. where that's come from i agree it's important to add to that as well that your value is not dependent on someone else so if someone's toxic or someone doesn't want to see you and they reject you on a first date whatever it might be that is no reflection of you everyone acts in their own way they're all responsible for their own lives nothing to do with you of course we all do things ourselves that are wrong but in this situation it's no reflection if someone's not interested someone's treating you badly it's probably how they were brought up as a child and the child isn't is hurting they don't know how to form love they are avoidant whatever it might be it's nothing to do with you so get yourself away maybe they'll get help maybe there's something about it but you don't deserve to waste a second of your life with the wrong person that makes you unhappy i think you kind of answered the one of the our last question that we were going to ask before which oh, is yes. um an ideal first date what would an ideal first date look like this is quite controversial in itself because i read an article today from another leading dating coach who says that she suggest that everyone goes on a coffee date for the first date. And I think that is the most ridiculous thing to do for anybody who is dating. For the simple reason, everyone drinks coffee or tea all day long, or herbal tea. It's nothing special about drinking coffee or going for a walk. Okay, we're not in lockdown anymore. We don't need to be doing that. But I think going for a coffee is just boring. It's dull. It's not romantic. It's not special. Your first date does not need to be expensive. It can be alcohol-free. Many of my clients don't drink alcohol for whatever reason. But go somewhere that's going to be remembered. Coffee dates tend to be in the afternoon. Go in the evening if you can, because evenings are more romantic. It's dark and more likely you're going to get candlelights on the table, better music, better lighting, and it's going to be quieter. Just do something where you can talk, have a deep conversation for around 90 minutes. Don't go for dinner on a first date. That's too intense. Just do something light and relaxing, a nice coffee in the evening or a, a, a cocktail or a glass of wine, whatever you want to do. But don't go to a coffee shop. Go to a hotel lobby if you want to drink something alcohol free or just go somewhere nice that's going to be remembered because you don't look back on this in five years time and say do you remember our first date in costa coffee (laughs) (laughs) i think that would break my heart (laughs) (laughs) it's what you do but maybe if you're in your 60s 70s and you're catching up with someone you've got more time you can go down the garden center and have a coffee with somebody but really 
do something more. Your time is precious. You want to do something special. It does not need to be expensive. That's why I say just drinks on a first date. But for a second date, you can do what you want. There's no time limit. But I think 90 minutes is about right for the first date because then if you're stuck with someone, you can get away. You've got an, you've got an out already. If you do like them, nip it in the bud when it's at a high and peaking. And then what's going to happen? You're both going to want to see each other again and you're excited to do that. None of these four or five hour dates people go on sometimes because it can fizzle out just as quickly as it started. Yes, that's true. Actually, I, I was chatting to a guy, not, not for dating purposes, um, a guy, the, the other day, I met him at yoga and he was just chatting about, I don't know why he told me this. He was like, met this girl the other week we're already going to Greece and I was like wow and he was like first date and we booked we booked to go to Greece for a oh week my gosh and I was fast. like well you know you can let me know how that goes when you get back <laughs> who knows yeah that happens a lot it rarely works out in that situation <laughs> I, I, rarely I, works out there's always some sort of problem the amount of people come to me and said that they've done that and it's all gone wrong and what do they do they've actually called me from the holidays before and said James what do I do now she's ignoring me or he's not doing this or he's flirting with other women you don't know who that person is. You don't know. You know, you know it, could be, it could be anything. So you have to take your time with this. Whoever you're dating, take your time to get to know them. There's no rush for this. Just enjoy the process. Enjoy dating people. If you're new to dating, go on lots of first dates and experiment. See what you want. That's a good point, actually. So because you were saying start to ask the larger questions from date two onwards. Yes. What point do you, the whole exclusivity thing, like, ha, like how many people can you date? all at the same time but then when do you make that decision oh it's going to be exclusively you i encourage people at least initially to date more than one person at a time all you've done is gone for a drink with somebody that's it you're perfectly talking to somebody else if that person gets jealous or controlling that's a red flag at that stage Mm. they try and get you to commit too quickly imagine you're going to go for a job you don't apply for one job go for one job interview and then stop you keep going for job interviews till you get that job don't you if things are going a bit serious I probably recommend that if you are sleeping with somebody, that is someone you should consider as someone that could be a future partner and don't date other people. It can get very messy and complicated. Mm-hmm. Unless you're completely new to dating and wanted to do it, get out of your system. That's different. But I don't really encourage <laughs> that. That's not what I do. I teach long-term strategies for things. <laughs> then I think about three months in, maybe you've had 12 dates approximately or a couple of weekends, you've done this and you know things are going the way you want to go, then have that conversation and say, look, I really like you. So we, so we label it now and say that oh, I quite like you. So we give it a go and be boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to commit to it, they don't want to label that, that's a red flag. No, right. they've yeah. been on all these dates. Then what on earth they, what else do they want from this? So yeah. I think three months in is about right. But having said that, I had clients that come to me who in three months, they've had a hundred dates or they've had one date because that person has been away. So everything's different, but go with your gut. If it's if it's quite soon, take your time and don't be don't play games with people either. There's a lot of game playing in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't wait 3 days to get back to them and things like that. Yeah. But ultimately dating is a game, but it's a game you're both going to win. So you're on the same side. So that should be you're both playing together and on the same team. So support each other and that's how it should be. Make every day and every date fun. Oh, well James, thank you so much yeah. for speaking with us today. And we hope our listeners have learned just as much as we have about the dating world. Do you know what? you've actually made me excited to get back into it? Yeah. To do that's my I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Living my life through you. <laughs> I'm glad. That's what I do. <laughs> I have to live through my clients. <laughs> so if you want to find out more about James, um, go to James Priest Coach on Instagram and you can find out more about his Love Machine podcast and his free book, Your Soulmate is Waiting and more. So we really do hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Um, comment below and follow us at Labour and Love London.